guys, and welcome back to another episode of Listen to Less. Today, we have a special guest. She is a friend of mine and also a past client, Emily. Um, I'm so excited to have you on today. Today, we're going to talk about how Emily kind of found holistic wellness and just hormonal balance after birth control and where she started, which was very chaotic with her health. She was, we were just talking about this before we hit recording. She was like throwing up constantly, couldn't figure out why she had all these sensitivities, was still on birth control, very stressed, like overstressed, just a lot of hormonal chaos going on to now she has one baby and she has another on the way. She's doing so much better. I get random checkups from her via text, like every couple of months with just how great she's doing. It makes me so happy to hear. So today we're going to talk about her story, how she got from point A to point B and what that looks like. So you guys can start to implement that for yourself too. So Emily, welcome. Thank you. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty. So let's go all the way back. So we were just trying to recall like how long it's been. So we started together in 2021. So what, right. What did that, I think we actually may have started like December of 2020. Um, what, what did your life look like back then? If you can remember now, keep in mind that Emily is how far along are you right now? Uh, 23 weeks, 23 weeks. So she's got a little pregnancy brain going on, but we're going to try to keep it as cohesive as possible. So if you remember what several years ago, what like was your, the state of your health and just overall like mindset back then when we first started working together? Okay. So definitely not healthy like 100% will admit not healthy which is crazy because I kind of thought I ate semi-healthy and had a semi-healthy life and now looking back almost three years later because I reached out to you in 2020 like end of December I'm pretty sure we had our first call to kind of figure out a game plan Mm -hmm. um I was a hot mess like also was married four months at that point so like coming off of all the stress from getting married we added a puppy another puppy into our life like we had a lot going on um I did tax seasons during that time because I'm an accountant um and during tax season you work ridiculous hours um and I wasn't handling it well at all nor was I just taking care of like my health in general of like how much I ate how many calories what food I was putting into my body um anything at home like it's just wild to me because I thought I was living a healthier life because I had had migraines since middle school probably mm-hmm. sixth grade middle school and so I cut certain things out of my diet like I really tried to limit food diet and stuff earlier on but realizing there was so many other things that were contributing to all the issues I had and then because I had just gotten married when I went to doctors and was like, Hey, I'm throwing up all the time. What's going on? Knew I was on birth control. And they're like, well, you just got married. Like you're probably just pregnant. So then I had to take, I couldn't tell you how many pregnancy tests I had to take at doctor's offices. And I'm like, I'm not pregnant. Like something else is wrong. Um, Weren't you on birth control at the time? I was. And that's what I was telling them. I'm like, I'm on birth control. Like Mm -hmm. I don't understand. And it's just that was the answers they gave me and I was having issues like randomly bleeding and different things and the answers they were giving me just didn't make sense 
And I was finally fed up with it. And I reached out to you and was like, I need help. Yeah. (laughs) I remember that. I remember, like, I just remember some of our first check-ins being like, I just want to hug this girl. (laughs) I just, I felt I could just feel the stress coming out because like things with your health were like that whenever there's health issues and you like you're throwing up and you don't know why that's very alarming. So that can add stress and add anxiety. And I remember your work weeks were like crazy. And I'm sure there's some other accountants that listen to the podcast that they know what it's like and working those long hours. But I was just like blown away by the amount of hours that you were working and how crazy it was. And just from an outsider's perspective, I was like, goodness gracious, like this job isn't allowing you to live like in any sort of healthy capacity. It's like taking over. And I just, I'm so happy to see you today and like where you're at today, because it's just such so different. So let's talk a little bit about, do you remember like what the push was for you to get off of birth control? I think I was just over it and I felt, because the reasons I went on it, I mean, there were so many, but one of them was my acne Mm -hmm. and it wasn't helping. Like my acne was a mess back then, which is so wild to me because it got brought up recently. Um, Brady's grandma made a comment on my skin and she's like your skin looks amazing and that's the first time I've ever been told that my entire life and I almost like hormones almost crying (laughs) but like that was so exciting for me because it was always a discussion because I dealt with acne like awful acne for years and I think I sent you a picture not too long ago Mm -hmm. and I was like this is amazing like I mean I still break out every now and then like let's be real I feel like everyone's always gonna have one every now and then um but just how much that's changed mm-hmm. um so I start with that was one of the reasons and then I honestly feel like like looking back I don't think it was a push at the time that we thought birth control was the reason for throwing up but honestly now that I've been off it I feel like it might have contributed to all that because I also had other stomach issues like I didn't have regular bowel movements I was mm-hmm. basically constipated all the time I feel like mm-hmm. that all kind of tied into it. Yeah. Um, and I know we waited because I didn't get off until March and we started. So like we waited like three months from when I started with you. Right. Um, and, and I think we waited because of how stressed you were. Yeah. 100%. You're like, uh, yeah, um, we're not going to put more stress on your body. Yeah. Um, I think we wanted to wait until you got a couple months through tax season. Yeah, we did. I'm pretty sure it was like the end of March because I finally just texted you and I was like okay I'm ready to just be done I don't want to take this stupid pill every day because I'm also not taking it at the right time every day yes yes and I think that's when we did so and I also think because that that was also when you had just started getting into like planning for pregnancy kind of a thing Mm because like I knew Brady and I wanted to have kids and I knew it was going to be a process to get to that point yeah which I mean it took a year after getting off birth control for me to get pregnant. Um, and I knew I wanted to be healthy for that. So I think that was my main push. Oh, and the other one was when I went to the gynecologist, they told me part of my bleeding problem could be endometriosis. And oh, they I remember had, that too. I totally forgot about that until we just started talking again. And I was like, and she said, I could either have surgery, which would be basically exploratory surgery, or I could try to get pregnant. 
And if I wasn't pregnant within a year, then I needed to have the surgery. And I was like, okay, well, I don't want to have unnecessary surgery if like this isn't the problem because they said, if you have the surgery, it creates more scar tissue, which then can cause yeah. other problems. And I'm like, why do I want to do that then? Like, why right. would I do that? Um, so I think that was also part of it was me wanting answers for just yeah. everything and thinking, well, if I get off this and work towards getting pregnant eventually, that'll answer some of the problems, which is crazy now because I don't have like 90% of the problems I used to have. Yeah. So definitely not endometriosis. We know that. Yeah. Like <laughs> didn't need the exploratory surgery. Thank you. No. And thank goodness. I remember one time, I don't think I've ever shared this story online, which is judge me if you will. But one time I did accidentally have a tampon stuck in me for a week and I had to go to the doctor <laughs> and I, it was a very traumatic experience. I didn't know what was wrong with me. And thankfully he did like a finger sweep and found it like tucked behind my cervix. And he, if he didn't like, he did the, like, you know, the tool they use um, for the pap, like the, it looks like an alligator mouth. He did that and he didn't see anything. And he goes, I'm going to do a finger sweep just to be sure. Did the finger sweep and he dragged it out from behind my cervix, like a tucked up under it. So thank God, or else I probably would have developed toxic shock. Cause I don't know how I did it with it being in me for, it was in there for a week, a literal oh. week. Um, anyways, during that appointment, I was telling him some symptoms that I had and there was, I was having a little bit of pain with sex with my, it was in a specific position where like my right, if my right leg was in a certain position, we're getting real comfortable here <laughs> telling the internet about my sex life, it would hurt and it would feel like there was like a wall being hit and it hurt really bad. And I told him about that. And I was, I had never really told any doctor about that before. And he jumped to endometriosis and he was like ready to write me, um, like a script to have the exploratory surgery to double check, to make sure that it's not endometriosis. And I was like, I'm confused because I don't have like any other symptoms of endometriosis, my periods, I have cramping, but not to the point where like the other people and the clients I have that have it have, like, it's not that painful. I don't have any other symptoms. And I ended up talking to a friend that was a pelvic therapist at the time. And it just was a pelvic floor issue that I did some exercises and it stopped and it went away. Thank God I had her to talk to at the time because this doctor was like, nope, you can do this, uh, exploratory surgery. That's what I would recommend for you. That was the only, that was the first and only time I've ever seen that doctor. And he was like, ready to like throw me to surgery. And I was like, okay. See, and that's how it was with who I saw. I saw her one more time after that. I don't remember why, but it's just crazy how like they barely know you and they're like, oh, we're going to do surgery or like, oh, this mm -hmm. is a which is also funny because my bleeding problem was also the pelvic floor. And you showed mm -hmm. me or like sent me the different exercises. I think there were a lot of yoga poses. Yeah, I know child's pose was like a big one that really helped me. Mm -hmm. And it was just crazy that like there was a natural way to fix this that like yeah. you don't need surgery, which no. I am not if it's like medically necessary, but like you just met me and you automatically like surgery number one. Like that's our answer or like writing the script, like, cause then the lady, the gyno that I saw was like, well, we would just put you on birth control to help alleviate the endometriosis. And I'm like, 
but obviously the birth control is not helping me now. So right. why would that be the solution when it's not working now and you still think that's what I have? Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's, I don't want to go on a tangent, but. <laughs> <laughs> so let's kind of talk about the throwing up and how that was like happening all the time for you and how we kind of got rid of that. Cause right before we started hit record, you said that that has like completely went away when you're not pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it was, God, there was one week I couldn't even drive to work. So I was driving from South Bend, Indiana to St. Joe, Michigan, which was like a 45 minute drive from our house. Mm-hmm. um to work and I pulled over multiple times on my way to work and wasn't texting them like hey I'm late I'm sorry like I'm getting sick on the side of the road right now and then I would get sick at the office and they're all like are you okay and I'm like no I don't know what's wrong I'm really sorry like trying to figure it out yeah um, and so and like I'm known in the, both sides of my family like my husband's side of family and my family that I'm the puker but I'm no longer, like, I am when I'm pregnant, but, like, it stopped. Like, even Brady's mom said something to me about how I don't get sick anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just been such a big change because that was such a huge part of my life. I feel like I was always the one getting sick. Yeah. And it got worse when I had alcohol. Like, I could have one drink and I would get sick. Yeah. So it was definitely, which then... It tended to be beer, which we ended up taking gluten and dairy out. Excuse me. Um, And I think that played a big part in it because I still don't have a ton of dairy and gluten Mm -hmm. in my diet. Um, I've introduced it slowly. And I notice on the days that I have more of it, I don't feel as good as I do on the days I have less. Yeah. So that, and we did, I think I went through two different protocols but it was definitely the three-month one where we took out dairy gluten and alcohol that I felt my best yeah and I think that when we we ended up getting labs and saw there was a lot of inflammation going on yeah because that was when we talked about Hashimoto's as well yes and we did a three-month it was a pretty strict protocol of just being like removing all things inflammatory because when there is Hashimoto's on the table it's like very inflammatory driven. So we took out, I think we even took out NSAID medications and we were, you were just taking like, if you needed something like that, you were taking like turmeric and curcumin, um, and removing alcohol, gluten, dairy, and just like, we were really strict about it and just like changing a lot of, I think at this time we also were working on like your boundaries as like a person too. And I was like, I remember one time having a call with you and I was like, I dare you to cry. (laughs) I was like trying to get you to just cry to like let out all of these like suppressed emotions too. Um, and yeah, I think that that was a big game changer and kind of like I don't want to say resetting your health, but also just like eliminating a lot of what your body had been holding onto for so many years and then allowed you to start like moving forward instead of just trying to get to a place of normalcy. It allowed you to get to like some place of normalcy and then move forward with your life and how you were feeling as well. Would you agree? Oh yeah, 100%. Because definitely yeah. like, well, so you also helped me set up boundaries, like not 
just like with work, but like personal boundaries too. And mm-hmm. uh, what was the book called? Boundaries. It was like a, oh, it was literally called Boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> that book really like opened my eyes. And then, I mean, I'm in therapy now and work through more boundaries of like learning how to do certain things because I was really good with setting boundaries with work after mm-hmm. working with you but needed to work some more on like the personal lifestyle boundaries um, and definitely setting that up and just changing my diet. It was crazy how like, cause your stomach is constantly knotted when you're in that stress state. Like mm-hmm. I didn't even realize how bad it was until you're not in that constant state anymore. Yeah. And that was a huge relief, like not having to be stressed 24 seven. Mm-hmm. And Part of that decision was needing to leave the place that I was working, which was a huge step. Like, yeah, I had been there forever. I started there in college as an intern. And so like leaving was a big thing for me. Um, but it just came to a point where I realized and like working with you really helped me. And I don't think I would have walked away and I would have gotten worse. Yeah. Had I not decided like enough's enough like I need to not be in this constant state Mm -hmm. because we have fixed certain things within like my physical health Mm -hmm. but needing to get that stress under control because even when it was non-tax season I was still constantly stressed and worried about work and part of that was I also went remote and way too many clients had my phone number and didn't didn't the boundaries for that went away Mm mm-hmm And that's really hard. And you're not the only client I've had to like work on that with where, and I think with COVID too, a lot of jobs are remote. So a lot of people can contact you outside of like before COVID, I feel like 90% of remote jobs were in office and not remote at all. And like remote working wasn't a big thing. And you were in the office, you had a phone on your desk. That's how people contacted you when you left. They couldn't contact you. And now so many people work remote jobs where it's like there's Slack, there's WhatsApp, there's Teams, there's all these different apps that everyone's that are on your phone, not just your work computer. So you're getting work messages and it's not like email. I have my email notifications off. So after work hours, I'm not checking my email. But my Slack and my client app and my WhatsApp, everything else is still like going off at 7 p.m. And it's so hard to like not respond to that because you feel like, oh, this is my job. I have to. These are my clients. I have to get back to them. But And I think that the remote, while I think working remote is a fabulous thing, I think it blurred boundaries for everybody across like the nation, the world of like setting that threshold of like, this is work and then this is personal life. And it just all got meshed together. And now we're doing both in the same room that we're supposed to be like relaxing. Some people work in their bedroom where they're supposed to be sleeping. And it's just like meshed all of these boundaries to where before there were solid boundaries on like your time and location, you know? Yeah, which and you say that and I'm thinking, You said the working in your bedroom. I was like, okay, during COVID, I did have to work in my bedroom because I lived with my Mm in-laws. And so my bedroom was also my office. And also Mm -hmm. like when I was in college, I was the kid that had to go to the library or one of the classrooms. I couldn't study in my dorm room. Like 
there was a bed in the room. I'm, I'm not going to study. I want to go crawl into that bed and go to sleep. Yes, exactly. Or, like, lay there and watch Netflix. Like, mm-hmm. that's not a working environment for me. Mm-hmm. I will never forget when in college, there was one summer where I had this, like, I think it's where I birthed anxiety. Um, Cause I don't remember having anxiety before this summer, but ever since then it's been an issue. Um, but I remember speaking to the therapist I was seeing in college and I, at the time did everything in my bed. I slept in my bed. I ate every meal in my bed. I did my homework in my bed. I called my mom in my bed. I did everything sitting on my bed. And she was like, your bed is where you're supposed to be relaxed and where you're supposed to sleep and you're supposed to feel safe and calm. But you're inviting energy from other people. All your friends come sit and talk to you on your bed. You're inviting your work energy to your bed. You're inviting your school and homework energy to your bed. You're inviting what how you're supposed to feel when you're eating to your bed. She's like, you're inviting all of these different types of you, these different energies that are not meant to be relaxing, that are like work is not relaxing, but you're inviting that energy into your like sanctuary. No wonder you can't sleep at night. And I was like, oh, okay. So I never work in my bedroom, even like being at home. Sometimes I will work on the couch, but with how it is right now, like my office is the living room. Can't wait to buy a house so I can have my own office. Um, But I refuse to work in my bedroom because that is like where I'm supposed to be calm and it's supposed to, you enter there and it's a safe, calming space. That's not where we have work energy. Right. And actually, so when we... But during working with you, we also moved. And that was one of my requirements for the house we bought. Mm-hmm. I was like, there has to be an office. Like, it can't be a shared bedroom. It needs to be an office. Yeah. And with another one on the way, where we live in a three bedroom, and we're <laughs> we're gonna have two little boys in here. So we're and our parents, because my family's in Michigan, we live five hours away. And then Brady's mom's side of the family lives three, three and a half hours away. So we needed a place for them to still stay. So we're getting a sofa couch, but it looks, the couch isn't like a let's lay on me kind of a couch. Mm -hmm. Like we're going to like make it look professional kind of a deal. So that way it's not like invading my office space. Oh yeah. I mean, I totally think that's not your bed. No, exactly. Like it's, I'm not going to sleep there. I'm probably never going to sit on it. Like, no, exactly. That we have a, a sleeper couch. Why can't I think of what it's called? Pull out couch in our office too. Um, but like, I never, I don't even, when it's in couch form, you don't think of it as being a bed. Right. You know? Yeah. It's, so. it, like it's totally different when it's like that versus the right. physical bed being in where you're working. And I'm like, right. And then especially now that I'm pregnant again, I'm like, I just want to lay out. Yes. You can't have that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's kind of keep moving on some other things. So what does life look like for you now with wellness and just some of the things that you do now that maybe you didn't do before that you contribute to like just how great you've been doing both physically and mentally? Well, I guess we can just go off of the whole sleep thing. Like I used to not have a bedtime per se. 
Mm-hmm. Like to me, I was like, I'm an adult. Why do I need a bedtime? But, <laughs> but learning like the circadian rhythm, rhythm and doing different things with you and all your extra little videos. And I'm like, holy crap. Like I really need to get this in check because mm-hmm. like some nights I'd go to bed at 2 a.m. Like it was all over the place. And yeah. having a kid also helps that because like, hey, he's going to be up at the butt crack of dawn. Like I don't want to be exhausted. Right. Um, and so it's just been crazy that like, I also get better sleep now. Mm-hmm. Like now that I have a rhythm and like a bedtime routine, like I didn't have, Brady calls it a very, very long process. It's really not, <laughs> but you know. Not your nighttime just, routine? Yeah. Guys just get out of the shower and put yes. their pajamas on and go. And I'm like, okay, well I got to brush my teeth and floss and like do like he does those things but for a guy I feel like they do it in two seconds you have your skincare your tongue scraping like I gotta prep my hair I gotta put lotion on and now that I'm pregnant I have to do the whole belly lotion rubbing Mm -hmm. thing and then sometimes before I get in the shower I do the dry brushing Mm -hmm. and he always gives me a look he doesn't understand it (laughs) but honestly it feels so good like I know it's also good for your like regulating everything but also I feel like it exfoliates too. And that yeah, that's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really helped me because it also calms me down. Mm-hmm. Like I get in the routine and I'm like, okay, I know it's time for bed. Um, but like sometimes pregnancy insomnia is real. And like, you're just not going to sleep that night. Um, you got a little tornado going on in your stomach. Yep. But like when you're not, it's, I mean, it helped me so much because that was mm-hmm. also part of all my stress and all the issues I was having. I wasn't sleeping enough at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like knowing that, because in, I feel like in the business industry, it's really talked about like going hard and like, oh, you don't need that much sleep kind of a thing. Like making sure you get all these things done in a day versus, well, like you need to get good sleep so you can do good work and you're actually more efficient when right. you take care of yourself. Exactly. And that's when you recover is in the night. So like, if you're not sleeping, that is one of the most underrated things. People real don't, people don't realize how important sleep is and how, if you just focus on getting better sleep. And like the biggest thing for me was like getting off my phone at a certain time before bed, because being on social media, like it just changes my mood for the not good. Like it usually, I usually get off social media and I feel worse than I did before. So stopping that habit of, okay, like work is done. I'm going to lay on the couch and look at social media, stopping that and reading, or I've been really into coloring, like in my coloring books doing that. And I'll put on uh, yoga music on YouTube. And then I like light my fake, my I'm not lighting candles, they're LED candles, but I I, put, I turn those on and then I'll put my essential oils in. And it's just like creating like such a vibe in a sanctuary to where it's like, I'm okay, this is winding down. I'm not revving up my emotions by scrolling TikTok. Yeah. Well, and so I started journaling right after I had Avery. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my time to like, I couldn't sleep some nights because I had so much going on in my brain and like getting it out on the paper, like I could sleep so much better. And I would turn on, um, I have one of the hatch Mm -hmm. sleep clock things, turn on like the reading the nighttime sunset mode or whatever and journal or read a book for whatever, however long. 
Um, I did learn I can't do like a book I'm really into before I go to bed because then I just want to keep reading. I have to yeah. find something that's like, it's good reading, but it's not like I want to stay up all night and read this. Like I'm so into it. Yeah. I feel that um, I'm, I'm reading the A Court of Thorns and Roses. Have you read it? No, but everyone keeps telling me to read it. It's one of those where it's like getting to the point where, okay, it's like, I'm not falling asleep. Like I'm not, usually when I read a book, I doze off. If I read it in bed, this I'm like, okay, I need to just turn this off <laughs> and just listen to my sound machine so that I can actually go, go to sleep. But speaking of hatch, so I have one too. And I turned it. So like when I tap it at night to like do my nighttime thing, it's red. So it's the red light. And then I play the camp, uh, the campfire sounds. Ooh. I, when I turn away from it, so I'm not directly looking at the red light. I literally, I'm like, my mind goes to, I am sleeping in Michigan with the window open. Because it just sounds like a summer night outside. And it's not like an annoying fake noise. Like some of the noises on there, I'm like, this is like, doesn't sound real. So it annoys me. But the campfire, it's just so just like peaceful. <laughs> and it makes me so happy. See, and it's funny you say that because so we have one for Avery. We have like the mini mm -hmm. one for his room. And the nighttime, what's called sleep for kids is known as the red light. Yeah. And, like as soon as the red light goes on, he's like, his eyes are fluttering. Like he knows it's time to go to sleep. And the sound is, it's called pink noise or something like that. And it kind of reminds me of a campfire. Like it's not okay. a noise. Like yeah. I don't like white noise. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I don't understand what the difference is. You can try and explain it to me. After I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know the get difference it. of the colors and what green noise is versus blue noise. I don't know that either. <laughs> But it works. Like, it's just crazy how much it's helped him. And like, he knows and like, it just relaxes. Like there's some nights I'm like, I got to keep my eyes open while trying to put him to bed because it's so relaxing. And like, my body's starting to realize like, hey, it's time to go to sleep. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, for sure. It's really, it's really nice. So if you don't have a hatch, get a hatch. <laughs> Sponsor us, hatch. <laughs> well, and they just came out with a new one too. And I'm like, that always like, I always get so excited, but I'm like, I don't, mine's just perfectly fine. It works. I know. <laughs> I know. I saw the new one. The new one's much prettier, but I don't need another one. I do not <laughs> need another one. Um, okay. So what are some other things that you feel like have helped you with your wellness and where you're at right now? Uh, well, okay. So I know you've touched on this multiple times before and different things is like your music taste has changed. Oh yeah. So like mine has, I listen to more podcasts too. Mm -hmm. Like I listen to yours was regularly when you were posting them regularly. <laughs> now that you're back, I'm very excited. <laughs> um, but like Aaron Holt, I listen to the functional mm -hmm. nutrition and like um, Maddie Miles, hers as well. Yeah. Um, and those, I did learn I have to do them in small doses. Otherwise I feel like it's way too much information. And like, I'm yeah. constantly in a state of, okay, I can be doing this, this, and this better. Mm -hmm. And having to learn, like, you can only do so much at a time. And like, right. if you do it all at once, it's not going to go well. Right. Um, You're going to end up falling off of all of it. Right. Which was kind of the same with like changing some of our household products or like my skincare stuff or 
going from plastic containers to glass containers, like that stuff gets pricey. Mm -hmm. Like not only is it overwhelming of how much like research and different things of knowing what's the better product to get, but also like things can get expensive. Like if you just do it gradually as you run out of whatever Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of do the research. So like there's, I have um, copper pans right now and I don't want to have copper pans. I've been doing research forever on like what I want to switch to. And I really want to do stainless steel, but the ones I want to go to that are probably like the best. Cause I'm like, at this point, I want something that's going to last for years. So it's worth investing into, but it's mm-hmm, expensive mm-hmm. to do so. And it looks like I'm going to probably have to do it one pan or whatever at a time. Right. Like, having to be realistic with your goals of like what you're trying to implement. Um, And I had to learn that the hard way. Yeah. But I'm there now. Like it's three years later and I'm, I mean, it's a slow process. Like we're still working through all the things in our house. I would say all of our cleaning products are 100% non-toxic at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really like like French basics and stuff like that. Um, and then Illy's site is like a one-stop shop for a bunch of different products. Yeah. Um, so different things like that or um, social media. I don't have Twitter. I don't have TikTok just because it's not healthy for me. Like mm-hmm. other people can do it and that's totally fine. But I know I would spend way too much time on it. And I have other things I want to focus on. And it's also just too too much all at once like it gets overwhelming it like taking a deep breath just thinking about it because it is it's so overwhelming being on there and I wish I so badly wish that I could somehow run my business without being on social media because it is exactly what you said it's just too much all the time and I don't think our brains were meant to take in that much information at such a high quantity all of the time And it's just overwhelming. And also like the frequency of how much your emotions change based on like one video's information or like informative in a good way of like, oh, I'm doing all the things like good. And then the next one's like what the previous post just said is good. It's this one saying that's all bad. And like everything you're doing is horrible. Everything you're doing is toxic. And I think there's a lot of good information out there, but I think it also is just like extremely overwhelming. And that's what I've dealt with over the last like six months. And even being a practitioner, like I'm always getting fed content from the algorithms. That's like more deep disease oriented stuff. And while I do need to continue educating myself, I don't need to be, I'm not doing it on TikTok. When I go to TikTok, I'm not there to learn. I'm there to just like escape a little bit, have a few laughs and then post to promote my own business. But it is, like you said, it's just way too much all the time. And I think it's too stimulating for people. Well, and I think even, I mean, even in just, not just the health industry, but like once you become a mom, like some like following the mom pages, Mm -hmm. like mom guilt is so bad. Like, it's like, okay, well, this mom's doing this, so I should be doing this. But also, like, hey, they're a stay-at-home mom. They have the time and have the capacity to do all this stuff. Yeah. Like, trying to not compare yourself to everyone you see and just trying to do what you can do Mm -hmm. for your family. And, like, that works for that family, but that doesn't work for my family. Or, like, my kid doesn't like that. It's, I mean... 
it's a hard I mean it is for sure um let's go back to like the music thing because yes I touched on this too I think in my last podcast episode and just a little bit on like Instagram and whatnot, but I feel like my, the things that I would pay attention to before, like my music, I never really listened to like horrible music before, but even just like pop music now, I feel like is just degrading. A lot of it's demonic and like praising the devil. And I'm like, I don't care what you believe in if you're religious or not. I don't want to be singing a song about the devil all day long and inviting that type of energy into my day, like regardless of what you believe in. Like, I just, I don't want to be singing a song that's degrading women just because it has a good beat. Like you're inviting that, what you sing and what's stuck in your head and what you pay attention to it's that you're inviting that energy in. And I don't, that's not energy that I want to invite into my my space, right? Because we have, um, I actually, I've been reading Joe, Dr. Joe Dispenza's book and I just took a picture of this. No, I didn't. I was, I went to take a picture of the book last night and <laughs> I was like, it's too dark because I had all the lights off and just my red light on. I was like, I'll take a picture tomorrow. So now I don't have the picture to reference, but it was talking about our frequencies and like our energetic frequencies and like vibes are a real thing. When people are like, oh, they just have good vibes. Their frequency that which their body is literally putting out an energetic frequency between the two of you. Like we have this energetic field around us that are we are putting out energy into every single day. And the higher your frequency, like the more protective and good your vibes are going to be. But the lower your frequency is from the energy that you let into your life is going to lower your own vibes and your own frequency and I'm talking, I'm like, just, it's all in the quantum physics stuff, but I, I'm, I might not be quoting things correctly, but it's like vibes are real. Energy is real. It's not just some woo woo thing. It literally is quantum physics and what you pay attention to your thoughts matter. And they literally change your frequency within you and what you put off to other people. So I want anybody listening, like I want you to try to pay attention to even like the shows that you watch. Like I really struggle. Drew loves to watch action movies and like murder. And I used to love true crime. I used to love true crime. I still do like it when I watch it, but I realized like, "Mm, I don't want to invite this into my life before I try to go to bed. Like this is not what I want to pay attention to. And I never really liked romance novels. But I started reading more of that sappy type of stuff instead of true crime novels because the true crime novels, I'm like, I'm still reading about it, even though I'm not watching it. I'm still inviting that type of energy in to my life. And I've just had to get really protective of what I'm allowing to enter my own like energetic field versus what I don't want. And it took me being in like such an anxious, deep state to be able to get to that, to where I was like, okay, something's got to change. Um, but yeah, how do you feel about that? No, I 100% agree. Like, so you said the devil and I was like, I don't know. Have you ever seen the uh, series Lucifer on Netflix? I don't think so. So it's obviously Lucifer is another name for the devil. Right. Um, 
And it's supposed to be about how, like, he, everyone blames the devil for all this stuff, but actually this Lucifer is, like, a good guy kind of a thing. But there's moments throughout where he changes, like, he wants revenge. He's mad at his dad for casting him out of heaven and all this stuff. So depending on the episode, like, depends on how your vibe is. And I used to watch that a lot. And I, Mm -hmm. like, was really into it. And then I just stopped the series. Yeah. And, like, looking back, like, once I figured out the vibe you were talking about, I was like, oh, like, my vibe just totally changed. And I was no longer, like, something I wanted to Mm -hmm. have interest in. Um, I'm not saying it's bad. But it was just in that time, it wasn't something I needed. Like it didn't right. make me feel good when I watched it kind of. Exactly. Thing. Or like you're talking about vibes and I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about all the songs I listened to that have made me cry or that just like make my anxiety or depression worse. Mm-hmm. Like I know a lot of people, I used to be a big Machine Gun Kelly fan. I also like Eminem. I know that's controversial for some people, <laughs> but um I mean, Machine Gun Kelly talks a lot about depression and he's been through a lot of stuff. Like Mm -hmm. he didn't have the greatest childhood. And so like listening to his music certain days, like I know it's helped a lot of people and a lot of people feel like someone else understands how I feel. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm to the point of I'm healed enough that I no longer need to feel validated that other people Mm -hmm. have been through what I've been through. And I'm to the point of, I need the happy music now. Like I listen to a lot of Kane Brown because he talks about his wife and his family and being proud of, he's proud of being from Georgia. I Mm -hmm. feel like we're both proud from being from Michigan. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a totally different feeling of I'm not sad or anything. I love that you said that. I really do. And I think that's so, that's such a good point because there's also like earlier this summer at the peak of like, horrible anxiety for me I was listening to a lot of like really slow you know the song daylight where it's like oh in the daylight day like I really liked that song so what my entire Spotify was songs that like would come on after that I just save 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 and they were all they're all great songs but they were songs I would listen to when I was feeling really low And it just like, I don't, it helped me in that moment. But now if I'm having a good day and I turn that song on, it takes me down and I'm like, Oh, I don't need this right now. It's a great song. And it helped me at one point, but those like really slow kind of like lower vibration songs. I'm like, I actually need something a little bit more high vibration, a little bit happier right now, because I don't want to go back to I don't want to lower myself back down where I was when I needed this type of music. I'm still listening to good music, but like you said, it's more like upbeat, like happy country. Cause I'm like, it's matching the energy that I want to be in versus like where I was. If that makes right. sense. Right. And I, I mean, there's still some, don't get me wrong. Like there's still some country that's all about getting blackout drunk. Oh yeah. And then to me, I'm like, I don't relate to this song anymore. Like, right. I mean, alcohol is not a part of my life at all, obviously being pregnant, but also like we did the protocol and I was like, I no longer really need this. Like, mm-hmm. and being pregnant really helped me be more comfortable because the three months I went without the alcohol, people were like, why would you do that? Like, why mm-hmm. would you cut that out? And I'm like, uh, cause I need to, and I don't want to throw up all the time anymore. Right. And like, 
being pregnant helped me because we had to go, we went to multiple weddings and I, I couldn't drink. And like, I was like, I want to dance. I want to have fun. And I became comfortable in my own skin being sober and dancing on the dance floor to whatever. Like mm-hmm. I didn't need the alcohol to make me want to have a good time and listen to good music and dance. Yeah. And I feel like that's helped me now to listen what I listen to. Like you mentioned rap. Now when I listen to rap, I'm like, I just think of all the times of drinking. That was like the only time I really listened to rap was when we were drinking because it was the party song or whatever. Right. Versus now I'm like, I don't need either of those things. Like, right. I'm happy dancing with my son in the kitchen to country music. Like, right. there's some days Avery can't calm down. I put on country music, we dance around the kitchen and he's totally happy. Yeah. Like, it's just even just seeing his mood change mm-hmm. with different things. Um, yeah. And there's certain songs that when he's upset in the car, we put on because it puts him in a good mood. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's the happy songs. Yeah. Like just seeing it even in a kid who doesn't understand half the lyrics, but like, it's just the way it makes you feel. Right. Exactly. Exactly. A hundred percent. I've, I don't, well, you're not on TikTok, but there's been this <laughs> trend going around TikTok. Maybe it's on Instagram too, about like slower living. Oh, that's and I feel like everything I've been trying to express of like all of these shifts that have just been happening of where I want to be with my life and how I want to feel. Then I started seeing this trend called slow living. And I'm like, oh, that's just a name for what I'm trying to express. And it's like these women just say, I mean, some of them, they're like out in a field in the middle of nowhere. They've got like the cutest cow ever. And it's like, okay, well, that's not me. I live in I live in Dallas. Like that's not me. Um, but at the same time, it's just, I do feel like that's, and I think you can relate to this where we both were such like type a go-getters goal-driven hyper, like masculine type of energy that now we're both in this shift of like more feminine energy and just like finding our femininity and just being like for you being the mother and the nurturer. And I don't have kids yet, but I find myself like, I really want to get a cat because I want to take care of something else other than myself. And it's just, I don't know. It's just this shift that I've been seeing. And I think a lot of women are also following suit in this because we went from like, this might be controversial. This might be a hot take, but we, we went from like no rights to like having all the rights possible and like proving our worth and like being the warriors to now. I don't think that's how our biology was designed for women to be the leaders of the war, like at the front lines. I think that we were meant to have some level of like being the nurturer and being like just a little bit more feminine. And that's my personal opinion. Nobody has to agree with it. But when I was in the hyper-masculine, I felt unaligned. I felt stressed. I felt anxious. I felt worried all of the time. And I also realized this recently, like when I was in the hyper-masculine and just like very type A all the time, I had more guy friends than girlfriends. And now that I've kind of made this switch to where I'm like trying to embrace my feminine energy and be a little bit more in the feminine, I have way more girlfriends than guy friends. And I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I've just noticed that about my life. And I'm like, huh, I also really, I respect a lot of the women in my life and I'm like, just more 
I don't know. I cherish the women I have in my life more than I ever did before. No, I completely agree with that. And you said that and I was like, wow, I've always said that I've gotten along with guys better than I did girls. Like that mm-hmm. was always the thing. Like I had the same guy friends all through high school. I switched yeah. girlfriend groups all the time throughout high school. Like obviously I'll ever, I played softball with you. So like right. my, my sports friends pretty much stayed the same. Right. But like those I hung out with outside of sports changed constantly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, I still talk to you from sports and I have two of my longest time friends are from playing sports together. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I've opened now when I make friends, my friends are I have a lot more girlfriends now, too. Mm-hmm. And like, actually, I have one friend and she comes to mind and she's a very girly girl. Yeah. Like the pink, the glitter, the like bedazzled, like, don't get me wrong. I like pink. I like a few, I mean, I'm looking at my sparkly stapler right now, but (laughs) (laughs) that was 100% my mom's doing at the time. But I was such a tomboy growing up and like for the longest time, even through college, I had the same guy friends, but kept switching girlfriend groups versus now I have some pretty consistent girlfriends. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's so wild to look back at and be like I know isn't it interesting yeah just like seeing some of the changes I think it's cool I like I've been really into like energetics and energy and that type of stuff in recently and I just think it's cool to see like the trends that like nobody pointed that out to me I just kind of had that like aha moment yesterday and I was like huh very interesting well you just gave me my aha moment so (laughs) Well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about some of the like do's and don'ts of your nutrition. And like, cause I know we both have followed, um, Illy and I'll link her the podcast that I did with her, uh, several months ago, um, and how she kind of opened both of our eyes to a lot of like food ingredients and ingredients in food that are like do's and don'ts. And so I'm just curious if there's any of those that you still follow that you're like absolute no's, things that you're like, well, this is fine, but I'll do less of and what you, I also want to then after we talk about what you do, talk about, I know we've talked about how you do that with your kids too. Uh, Okay. So definitely food dye is like number one, no. If I have it, it's very, very rare. And actually, I think I messaged you. I'm going to already throw in Avery. He had to get tubes put in. And after his surgery, they wanted to give him Pedialyte. Mm-hmm. Okay, also, kids shouldn't have Pedialyte under a year old. And he wasn't a year old. And I was kind of like, you're a hospital and you want to give him Pedialyte. And his kidneys aren't ready for that. That's a whole other thing. But I knew Pedialyte had food dye in it. And we're not like... Food dye is an absolute no for him. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm never introducing it into his life. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so I had to tell them, I was like, do you have Pedialyte? Because I know there's a clear one, but Mm -hmm. it's rare to find. And I was like, do you have one without food dye? Because we're not doing food dye. They didn't have it. They had purple, which meant it had red and blue. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, we're not doing that. Uh, And they had apple juice. So we went with the 100% apple juice. So that's one that I've really cut out of our life. Um, the food on my husband's side of the pantry is totally different. So (laughs) 
when we go grocery shopping, you can definitely tell what's mine and Avery's and what's his. He's accepted some of my changes in our food and lifestyle, but there's still things like, it's him. If he wants to do yeah, that, yeah. I've explained everything to him. That's his choice. Um, so food dye is definitely, I really don't like to compromise on that, especially for Avery. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it'll be for Mason too, when he's born. Um, so that one, and then the only time that might change would be like birthday cakes, because I know trying yeah. to find someone to do that is pretty hard. And I, I'm not artistic, so I'm not even going to try to do that. And I feel like that's where I bring in like the 80-20 rule for like myself. And I'm like, well, I suppose that maybe should apply to him too. Of As long as majority of the time we're doing the right thing mm-hmm. and I know the consequences, it's going to be okay. Right. Like, I mean, we've all survived for how long, but also we're all super unhealthy. Right. Um, so I was just trying to do as best as I can with it. Um Something else would be natural flavor. I've really cut down on natural flavor, just learning like that could be a slew of a hundred different things. You really don't know what a natural flavor is. Yeah. Um, artificial flavor is an absolute no for me. Um, the natural I'll let in every now and then, depending on what other ingredients, I definitely make sure it's not in the top five. Mm-hmm. So that was also something that opened my eyes was knowing the order in which things are listed is the first ingredient is what's the most in the product. Yeah. So versus when you get down to like, if there's 10 things, number 10 is probably not very prevalent in it. Like it's not majority of it. Um, oh, and seed oils was a huge thing I learned from you. Yeah. And cutting out all that. Like we don't have canola oil in our house. We use a lot of olive oil, avocado oil, Coconut oil is the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Those are definitely, there's other random things uh, like what is DHT. And then there's another one that I know are also linked to when I had migraines, like cutting mm. out, I think it's B- BHT or whatever. Um, it's in a BHX. lot of cereals. BH, thank you. It's in cereals. Um, if I can't pronounce whatever the heck the ingredient is, I typically put it back on the shelf. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm the same way too. If I don't like, if you, if you read the ingredient label and you're like, I don't know what this is, it's probably an artificial ingredient and it's either a preservative, a flavor enhancer or something of that sort. And it's just like, okay, well, those are like you said, birthday party foods, or if I'm like, I'm not going to buy that for in my home, but if I'm out with friends and that's what they have, or I'm at like a football party and that's what's being served, I'll consume it then, but I'm not going to put that in my own home. And I'm the same with you. I don't ever purchase, or even we went out to eat and they had red and green tortilla chips. And I was like, just you eat those. I'm going to eat the the non-dyed ones. <laughs> made Drew eat all the red ones. I, was like, I don't want those. I don't even understand like it's not like so like Takis or whatever that people really like now that are colored is supposed to be because they're a different flavor but like with some tortilla chips I'm like 
They literally just dyed them to make them a different color. Like it's not yes. even supposed to be a different flavor. What what was the purpose? I, I, I don't know. I don't get it. And it's also like kids are the most sensitive to dyes, but most of the kids' food is dyed. Oh, yeah, it's insane. Right, to like make it look more fun and more appealing, but it's like there's the most research of adverse effects with consuming dye in children. Well, and I know one of the things that there's been a big research is food dye relating to ADHD. Yeah. Um, And I know some kids have had some serious problems with the food dye and Gatorade, like causing Mm -hmm. other medical issues and stuff like that. Um, Which is funny because Brady drinks Gatorade, but I, meanwhile, my body armor is sitting next to it. It's so confusing in our household. (laughs) But it's been something like we've discussed, like he understands where I'm coming from and we've both had health issues and stomach problems. And I'm like, okay, we know what's caused this. I don't want to have this for our kids. Like we Mm -hmm. can avoid it. Let's avoid it. Right. Um, And so also like with introducing that and like not wanting the kids to have the issues we've had and learning about buying produce and what needs to be organic and trying to buy organic when possible and learning about like the dirty dozen. That was a huge thing. And I was like, and all the problems that we've had with strawberries, even organic strawberries, like that are coming from other countries because there was the hepatitis outbreak or whatever with the strawberries. And I know there was recalls with frozen strawberries and stuff like that. Just learning all that and like how to wash it. Like, cause before it was just a rinse it off kind of a thing in water and thought that was good. And then started actually doing like the white vinegar with the baking soda and water and seeing everything. And I'm like, oh, there was so much that I wasn't getting before. Like you can soak it all you want, but until like you get something that's actually going to yeah. get all the stuff off of it. Um, well, and now they have the, it's called a peel or whatever, that coating that they're putting on like apples and pears to make produce last longer but you can't wash it off Mm -hmm. and so like just being aware of all those things that are changing I know it's that's one thing I haven't really looked too much into it because that came out just in the last couple of months I've been trying to avoid all information because I'm like I'm too I'm overwhelmed I'm way too overwhelmed about it and it's like scaring me to where I need to just like take a little month or two of ignorance because I Apples and pears are not my favorite fruits anyway, so I feel like I'm safe with that. But yes, it is something I do need to look into so I can make more education, educational content around it so more people do know about changes like that. Um, what are, I have two last questions for you before we start to wrap up. Um, what are some products or brands that you find are safe and cleaner, non-toxic, for your home with kids? Um, so like, I'm going to also include pregnancy in that because okay. pregnancy, like what products you use while you're pregnant is also a huge thing because mm-hmm. like it goes through your skin and stuff. Um, so I switched to like my lotions and things and stopped using fragrant products. If it has a fragrance label, I make sure it's like an oil or an essential oil that they're using rather than where it says like perfume or whatever. Yeah. Cause I don't, really know what they're using to make that scent right. uh, I really like attitude and honest products for mom and for babies um we use the honest diapers 
for in wipes and everything and all of their stuff is uh the animal cruelty free too which was a big thing for me mm-hmm. um and they also do a lot of fragrance free so yeah. that was kind of that's another like the food the fragrance free is a huge yeah. non-negotiable for me like every now and then someone will like for my birthday or christmas or whatever will give me a scented lotion and i instantly give it away to like someone else and i'm like do you do you want this cuz i don't use it and like my family knows, so most yeah. of the family doesn't do that stuff anymore. Um, but I, that's a thing. Um, the prenatal that I used was a big part of that. Um, the thorns, using mm-hmm. thorn prenatal. Um, some other products would be, oh, instead of buying baby laundry soap that's separate from our laundry soap, I just switched to an all-natural. It's called Ecos. Um, Kroger yes. Berry. Yep. Um, I really like their stuff. I've also used Truly Free. Um, and they also make dishwasher stuff and use all that. That's all non-toxic. Um and then I mentioned Brands Basics earlier. I really like their um what's it called? You mix it with water. Their solution. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Branch Basics is good because they, you can buy their package where they give you bottles and they give you a solution and bottles with how much solution to mix with the water for what type of surface you're cleaning. And then you just have to repurchase the solution. Whereas a lot of soap that you buy at the store is 95% water with a little bit of solution in it. So Branch Basics, you buy the solution and like I bought it oh I don't remember how long ago I bought it and I have not ran out of the solution yet and I've not had to buy more and but when I do I'll just buy another bottle of the solution and it'll last you like six months to a year well and I also so they also sell the glass containers but when you buy the glass containers it doesn't give you the measurement thing on it Um, I ended up ordering from Grove because their glass containers were a little bit cheaper and they had like a silicone protective bottom. Uh, and But if you just download their PDF, it'll tell you. And then they also tell you, it's like a hundred page document, I'm pretty sure. And it tells you like, if you're cleaning floors or walls or using their solution for this or that, like the ratio between like water and that, or if you want to use it to clean produce and things, like their solution can be used for so many different things. Mm-hmm. And to me, that just shows how versatile it is because it's not toxic right exactly and And also like cleaning supplies it is still a business like there's not that many different chemicals to clean there it's just a variation of different brands selling you the same type of chemicals and bleach so it's not like people I think get freaked out because they're like oh how are you cleaning the windows with the same thing you're cleaning the toilet with but it's like realistically there's not like cleaning supplies is still a business that they're trying to sell you on. Realistically, you need some baking soda, you need some vinegar, and you could clean anything in your house. Yeah, maybe a splash of lemon. Yeah, to make it smell better, right? Like, (laughs) that's it. Um, Okay, so my last question for you today is, how can new moms navigate kind of like setting these parameters of products or foods for their kids when it comes to like your registry or gifts or things to make sure that like 
people know what you, your standard is, and maybe also like how to navigate if people do give you stuff that is you just, you know, you're not going to use. I would say you first have to decide what's your non-negotiable. Like you have to determine what am I okay with? What am I not okay with? Mm -hmm. like, someone gives it to me. Am I going to be, am I going to return it or just be like, well, they gave it to me. I'm going to feel bad if I return it kind of a yeah. thing versus I set my non-negotiables as the fragrance, what brand of diapers I wanted to use, what wipes I wanted. Like there were certain products and certain things that I decided I'm, I'm not changing my mind on this and this mm -hmm. is what we're using. So like when people gave us Huggies or um, Pampers or some other brand, um, I returned it. Even if you don't have a, a gift receipt, they'll either give you a store credit on a gift card. Um, Target will let you have up to $100 on returns without a receipt um, to take stuff back. So I determined those certain things and had to, you have to be comfortable to take those things back. Mm -hmm. um, and then also like create your registry, put those brands that you want on your registry and do the smaller boxes of diapers because I do know Honest is more expensive than Pampers and Huggies. So I put the smaller boxes on and I put larger boxes on. Mm -hmm. So that way, if you don't want to buy the larger expensive box, that's fine. Or if you're going to buy me, some people were like, well, but I can get you more of this. And I was like, I would rather have one box of the clean diapers than seven boxes of a brand that I, I don't align with at all. Right. Right. Um, so there's that. And then, so create your registry and then whatever people don't get you, most places like Target, Amazon, give you a percentage off when you get so close to your due date. So whatever <laughs> people don't give you, you can go ahead and get yourself at a discounted rate. Okay. Uh, and then, I mean, I would do a little bit of research on a couple of different things. Um, like I researched different pacifiers, which Avery really didn't take one, but learning about the silicone ones versus the plastic ones or doing the research on the different kinds of bottles. Mm -hmm. um, I had a hard time finding glass bottles for the brand that I wanted, but now they're starting to come back. Um, so now we're slowly switching his plastic bottles to the glass version of it. Um, and just also when you create a registry, some of them let you put like the little blurb of like, welcome to my registry kind of thing. And that can be a spot where you can put in two sentences of which I did on one of mine and I did it on my shower invite of, I want to create a fragrance-free healthy environment for my son. There's, I would like fragrance-free, BPA-free toys. If we can go silicone, I'd rather have the silicone version of it. Mm -hmm. um, tried to go, there's certain clothing brands that have the fire retardant stuff, especially for pajamas and things. And then learning that that's a hormone disruptor. And, oh, hey, we're putting an infant who doesn't even hardly have their hormones developed at all. Mm -hmm. And we're putting them in something that's already going to would be dysregulate their yeah. hormones. I don't want to do that. Right. So like Burt's Bees, they don't use that stuff. Um, Honest doesn't use it. I know there's a million different or getting like 100% organic clothing or different things like that. Uh, don't get me wrong. We're not all 100%. But if I can limit the amount of those things, it's going to help. 
Yeah. So even if it becomes overwhelming or you can't afford certain things, pick what your non-negotiables are and what you can't afford because every little bit helps. Like even yeah. if you're just switching one product, like maybe mm-hmm. it's just wipes or it's just the lips, uh, lotion that you use or whatever, every little bit helps. Right. And like exactly. don't, don't make it overwhelming because being a mom is overwhelming enough. Like if it's going to drive you insane, it's not worth it because then mm-hmm. you're compromising your health. Right. Like just know your limits and know what's a non-negotiable. 100%. I love that answer. Hopefully that can help some people out there to just feel a little bit more comp- confident about going into it um, and how to set those boundaries without feeling like they're going to be judged or like it's a big deal. Cause it's realistically like if people do judge you, like doesn't matter. It's not their kid. Like I went through that cause he's been, we've had issues with daycare and being sick. And I finally had to set the rule with family of like, we did a week of no family, no visits. And he's not even a newborn anymore. So like, don't be afraid to do that, especially when you come home from the hospital. Like, if you don't want someone to kiss your kid, like I had to, I sent out a family group text and was like, hey, for the rest of flu and cold and RSV season, please no kissing, no sharing bottles or food with Avery, like Mm -hmm. trying to keep a healthy environment and I mean, you're the mom, you're the right. parent, like maybe you're the dad, like mm-hmm. it's your kid. It's their health. Right. I mean, it's up to you. It's no one has a right to your child, it's no. your child. Exactly. Which is, a, it's a hard thing to learn. Like, I mean, it can be a lot to set boundaries. You feel like you're hurting feelings, but I mean, if you want to keep your kids safe and have them live your, the life you want. It's up to exactly. You. Exactly. A hundred percent. I couldn't say it better myself. Well, thank you so much for being a guest today. It was so fun having you. This was great. I think we touched on a lot of different topics in a lot of different areas. So I think this was a really good episode and thank you for being here. Thank you. It was fun. All right. Bye guys.